Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome back to uh, Marketing Corner. Uh, we are now doing episode five. And, but before we get started, Casper, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still doing great. Like, uh, excited to be recording some podcasts. So, yeah. Awesome. What about you, Jen? I'm doing really well. And I wanted to share with you and our listeners uh, a dream I had because it's super, I know it's so random, but it's, uh, it's very startup-y. And I thought a lot of our listeners could relate. Okay, so hear me out real quick. I had a dream okay. that I was at work, startup, yeah. open plan office, you know, working alongside people, working really hard. And the people in my dream were people I've actually worked with throughout the years. We're all together. Mm. And the CEO comes out and he goes, good news, everyone. You've been working so hard that uh, we have this special surprise for you. And we're all going, is it a pension? <laughs> is it a bonus? Is it, you know, what could it possibly be? And uh, then the, um, <laughs> these like smoke machines go off <laughs> and this rapper comes out and he starts rapping and he's like super nineties with like an upside down sideways visor and like baggy jean shorts. And we're all looking at each other like, is, is this the surprise? this is a surprise <laughs> this isn't what we want you know we we want a pension we want you know a pay yeah. rate that's yeah, on yeah, yeah. on par with the mark and uh, I was just tell, talking about it with some friends and they're like oh my god that's so startup life of like <laughs> yeah we're gonna reward you with this Friday thing that doesn't and you're make, like uh, yeah I think we've all been there right like that's why yeah. it's so uh <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say to listeners, this is the first time I hear about Jen's dream here. But we don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk about dreams enough, Casper. No, no, this is great. <laughs> I just but thought it was really time, like right? on brand. Yeah, we've all been in a in startup. Like at least you and I, I think we're we're sometimes. I, I read a there's a guy I know called Saran who released a book not too long ago called Innovation Theater. I think uh, he highlights this topic around where where. Uh, like he he was in a company before uh, that uh, unfortunately went bankrupt I think uh, but but they kept getting awards like they got awards left and right and everyone was like yeah we're getting awards they were just not making money at all whatsoever <laughs> yeah and, and it was like this like and it was like this oh yes we we're so cool and awesome and but they were just not making money so like, it was like uh, how uh, awesome could it be <laughs> like it sounded really cool what they were doing but essentially it was like really awesome. So I yeah. think that uh, ties into your point here. Yeah. But that's not what we're supposed to talk about today. That's not what we're talking about today, but I really just, I don't know, it, it stuck with me. And I thought, you're yeah. you're a startup guy. Our listeners are startup people. Yeah, Maybe they'll, they'd they'll, appreciate uh, that. They'll understand. I think they'll get it. <laughs> so if we go three minutes over our usual 20 minutes, I apologize. <laughs> but um, but uh, what are we going to talk about today? We're talking about, so uh, we had a, it's really cool. We started to get out a few requests from people. Uh, like uh, this, I think this one was from uh, Danny Dupin, right? Um, yeah. Putin, Putin. Our, yeah. Yeah. Our mutual friend. Me, Danny. Yeah. Um, on how to target specific uh, ICPs, ideal customer profiles, right? Yes. Uh, a little bit do's and don'ts. And um, uh, to be frank, uh, I think uh, Jen is much more of an expert here than I am. Like, uh, so... Uh, it's so not often Jennifer, I hear that from you, no, so that's, <laughs> let, I'm no. going to just give, let me bask uh, in this a little bit. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it, uh, so uh, uh, just uh, revel in it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, so I think you, uh, well, at least in our notes, you have a lot of good points today, so uh, I'll, leave, I'll let you kick it off a little bit. So um, um, maybe it, let's, like, let's start with the, what is, it ten, essentially what is an ICP for you? Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So an ICP for, for us is um, an ideal customer profile. And this is actually the description of an account that you specifically build your product for. So who is the type of customer? Uh, again, we're B2B. So what is the type of business that would get the most value um, from your product or your service? Who would actually then give you good returns? So are they the right size? Um, and, and, you know, so right fit. Um, so that's kind of on the account level. Um, and some of these factors include um, people who would, um, as I said, benefit for your, from your product, stay with you for a long time, um, get a good, um, give you a good lifetime value, um, mm. low acquisition cost because they're a yep. good fit. You know they're going to benefit. Um, become an advocate for your brand, not likely to churn. Um, what core industries tend to benefit from the product, but also are there industries that don't fit that you should be avoiding? And um, some other things, um, geography, for example, also come into play. Um, do you operate yep. APAC, EMEA, US, Canada? You know, what, what are the kind of core uh, geographies that you go after? Yeah, and I think like there's a lot of variables in it, but uh, some of them are, or like I want to say something like eighty percent of them you see one hundred percent of the time, like uh, yes. some of them you see all the time. And then of course there's unique uh, variables that are different from case to case. Like uh, like I remember specifically at Templify, uh, the size of the company was crucial, like for mm -hmm. for uh, how we evaluated the ICP. Because like just strictly speaking, if you were ten thousand people, the problem with like uh, having everyone access to content logos, all that stuff, uh, was just way bigger than if you were 50 people. Plus you mm -hmm. had way more resources to actually buy Templify. It was a bigger use case. So, so that was a, like a key defining factor. In it. And I think that's different. That's not for every company. Like uh, uh, just, uh, it, it is a little bit for United FinTech where I am now, but not in the same de degree that it was in Templify. I don't know about you guys. What's like, uh, if you could put one variable, that, variable that's really important to you guys, what, what would that be? I think for us, it would probably be industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, because we can be flexible, even though we are um, at Dixa and also at Plan Day, we are a subscription-based service. So we do, of course, have a minimum where it's not necessarily, okay, we're not going to make enough money off of you. That's not really what we look at, but we look at, you don't really need this. If you're a mom and yeah. pop shop with three people. That makes so much sense. You're going to churn. You know, you don't need this all bells and whistles platform. But if you're 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, then we are actually going to make your life easier. Um, so we can be a little bit flexible on the size, but yeah, if it's if it's the wrong industry, you know, Plan Day, for example, was scheduling hourly paid workers. Mm. You know, so you're not going to get a contract worker using that platform. So yeah, it depends on your product and, and the, the ideal fit. Um, but I would say mostly it tends to be industry for us. One thing I've, uh, in my younger years, let's put it that way, I know the difference today, but in my younger years, I had a hard time separating ICP from buyer personas. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, how, how it is in your, uh, your, uh, in your words, how is that different? So um, an ICP, as I said, is like an account, a business that you want to win, whereas the buyer persona is the, the title or the person within that ICP mm -hmm. that you're trying to win. So um, maybe you have the champion and then you have the decision maker, then you have the budget holder. Um, so within that ICP, you're going to have, I think now it says, depending on the company size, it could be up to eight different mm -hmm. stakeholders. So yeah. eight different buyer personas within the ICP that you need to appeal to in part as part of your buyer journey. Um, and that's where it gets exciting, but also yeah. kind of complicated. <laughs> so yeah, in that comes in. 
Um, so key factors, obviously job title and area of responsibilities, which lead into what are their motivations? What are they trying to achieve? What do they get out of the product? Um, and what kind of challenges do they have that you can kind of solve because everyone's going to have a different challenge. So um, I, think that's, example, I think that's a really good explanation. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that's a one, one thing um, I, I would like to play a devil's advocate here a little bit, maybe, but saying like, in your opinion, do you like, I think I have a clear idea of what comes first, but what comes first, ICP or buyer persona? Uh, ICP first for us. Yeah, right. Like it, yeah. In, in B2B, I think ICP, like it's definitely the, the final one. Because like, if, like you can have the greatest person who loves your product in the world. But if he's like works for a company where there's just no fit, like no fit whatsoever, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Um, and we find that a have, lot, actually, you know, particularly yeah. at Dixa, you know, we because we do so much CX and customer support, we have a lot of support agents who love our content and find it very useful. But they're in a company that maybe they are the one person army or they are, you know, they're not going to ever buy Dixa. And do we we don't discard them in any way. They come to our events, they access our content, but they're not going to be the one that we're going to actively target with with you know lead generation and things like that yeah for for me it's also like i think the both icp and the buyer persona ties into one of the most interesting like um one of the strategic elements like strategic what are things i pull up out of my back the most and that's defining the go-to-market strategy right mm -hmm. like i think uh, those these two are core elements of defining the go-to-market like so like uh, for like let's use a united fintech where i'm right now so we like this for everyone listening what we do is essentially we just buy fintech company uh we buy small fintech companies in the mark capital market space and then we uh scale them under one brand very short version but that also means that every time a company comes in they might have a slightly different icp and even buyer persona than us like of course we try to make sure that it's like on the same level but 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 sometimes you get like we gotta be we bought a company that has like a B2C product even, right? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> that's not really a, fits into a typical ICP. So so here, like these two elements are core in defining the go-to-market. But I think one thing that's missing here is also it, it's completely tied into your product, right? Because uh, your ICP and your buyer persona can be different based on your product. So mm -hmm. I don't, how many products is it you have in Dixa? Uh, how many like is it one product or different how does it work we have one product but different features that you can take or take or leave um, yeah yeah i, I but templeify was the same but at the same time some of these like modules features uh, call it what you want they were so unique that they were, the use case was quite different like a good example would be um, uh, productivity plus as they call it which is like uh, in powerpoint you can be super productive the use case around like the ICP for that was large consultancy firms because consultants, they what they do all day, and no hard feelings of consultants, they make PowerPoints right? all day, <laughs> every day, right? So that right. was the, by far the ideal buyer persona and ideal ICP, but that was not necessarily overall uh, the ICP because we also had like, for for instance, for, uh, for some of the contract automation, well, who writes a lot of contracts? Uh, lawyers do like uh, legal mm. so that that module that product had a different icp it doesn't mean you can't sell to the others of course but it just means that the go-to-market for each thing for each product silo product module was different mm -hmm. uh and that's something i've 
learned a lot from and learned something I use every day in United Fintech because here we have a lot of different products and a lot of uh, right. yeah. uh, different uh, elements to, to tackle in that space. Uh, is that something you've seen before, Jim, too, or is it just uh, maybe just uh, something I found with well, I think for us, because we are kind of a one product, we, we look at the ICP. So exam for example, what we would do is um, Casper Industries. We know that you're a great fit. You're going to benefit from our product. But we know, for example, the champion, the person who is like, I need this, is not mm -hmm. our decision maker. The champion is tends to be this customer service agent, the person on the ground who's like, this is going to make my life so much easier. This is going to help me out. This is going to make me respond to customers faster. And so we make content for them because they're the ones who are going to get our foot in the door. They're the ones who are going to go to their boss and say, hey, can we, can we try this? And actually, this is what happened when I was at Plan Day. Our customer service team really wanted Dixa. And it's, you know, so I've mm. seen it happen where they're like, this is going to make our life so much easier. So they go to their boss and then their boss cares about something else, right? Their boss is looking yeah. at statistics, efficiency savings, um, first response rate, how we can improve that, how we can improve customer satisfaction. And then they go to their boss. And their boss cares about something else. They're like, how much is this going to cost me? How much mm -hmm. is this going to disrupt business? And so we are making ads and content and messaging for all these different IPs, uh, excuse me, um, buyer personas yeah. within the business to get them and to empower them to take things to the next level. And then, of course, you have the, you know, the IT department. Well, how are we going to integrate this? Does it integrate? Yeah, we got integrations too. You know, so it's a very content heavy approach. But yeah. when you get it right, it speeds up the sales process. It speeds up everything. It increases satisfaction. You know, so when you get it right, it pays off. But Absolutely. Casper Industries is not going to be the same as Montague Industries. Is not going to be the same as you know, like these other uh, ones. And so it. exactly, it's a balance of you can't do bespoke content for every single buyer persona and every single ICP. So um, exactly, because I think that's actually that's a really good point. It ties in a little bit, not. Not something I necessarily had on the agenda today, but it's like a, it ties a bit into this whole idea around ABM, right? Account-based marketing, because mm -hmm. um, that's when you take it to the extreme, in my opinion, right? Which is uh, definitely suitable for a lot of companies. We use Exemplify. I'm going to use it here in mm -hmm. fintech, so it's not, it's not out. Uh, it's definitely a good approach. But that's, in my opinion, that's like technically taking it to the next level, right? Then you definitely say, I, I, my ICP is just one company, or like it's but this person, one person this one, in this company, in this one company, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's taking it to the extreme, but I also think that it's a bit. Um, I've heard, I've consulted a lot of startups over the time, uh, and I think ABM is something. Um, first of all, you have to have a real high lifetime value for that to even be remotely worth it. Secondly it's not always the first thing you want to do. Like, it's really not. Mm -hmm. And if somebody companies is like, they hire a head of marketing and then they hire an ABM manager or something. And it's like, okay, whoa, that's, you know, that's, don't get me wrong, it's good, but not, maybe a little too soon or too early. So, so, um, so I think that's the one extreme. And then of course, there's the other extreme of like ICP where it's like, you do a TV ad, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, then you have a very broad uh, ICP probably and probably a even broader uh, buyer persona you don't see of course you don't see a lot of b2b marketers do tv ads but it's just an example of being on the other side of the spectrum and we recently actually um we got a very sophisticated abm software that we were working on um but it's kind of like you said you, you know you don't want to shoot too narrow because there's so many stakeholders involved i mean for b2b companies you can have i think now they say on average it's like 8.6 
decision makers and stakeholders in these decisions, right? So if you just go to yeah. one person, that's not going to be good enough. So, um, so we kind of combine these inbound marketing and combine these kind of larger funnel, uh, upper funnel campaigns with ABM because we know the decision maker tends to be this job title. But first, we have to make sure that we've laid the groundwork so that when they do get that outreach or they do get that tailored ad, they've had they have heard of us. Or when they consult someone, they go, "Oh yeah, we've heard of them." Mm. And then that kind of helps kind of put some meat on the bones of the ABM. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. It's too, it's kissing on the first date. It's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, exactly, right? and it's too expensive to expensive. not do it right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. One of the things I've, um, one of the things that ICP allows you to do is also it allows you to be more f- focused, like in everything you do. Like once you have a defined an ICP and define multiple and same goes for buyer persona, then you could be a lot more specific in your marketing efforts. But one thing that we have before we started this episode, we talked a little bit about incidents that are like previous places where it's like uh, where the ICP becomes some somewhat of a problem almost, like not problem, but sometimes like uh, something holding you back. And and a good example would be, um, uh, and I think uh, Templify, I think we always had a, like we always knew that we were uh, selling to big enterprises uh, back then. Uh, and, and the industry was a little bit more iffy. We kind of figured that out as long as along the way, and we kept improving that. But, but one thing I, I want to discuss with you is like, how do you like, uh, sometimes let's say you get a lead in the door that's not in your ICP. In a big company, sometimes, mm-hmm. well, that uh, then you exclude it, right? Like sometimes they literally exclude it. And uh, I, I specifically remember at Templify, we did that for some period where we said like, oh, we won't sell these. And sometimes we had a company with 50 employees. And I remember we had a company, 50 employees in the pharmaceutical industry. And the pharmaceutical, they paid the highest cost per user of all our clients. They mm-hmm. had a lot of money in the pharmaceutical industry, but it was not an ICP in any way. But it, the use case was good. And we were like, uh, we're going to be making money. Let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so my question maybe is more, how do you, do you have a, like a strict relationship with the ICP versus, you know, making money? it's um no and i think that's a really great question because um like as you point out you don't want to turn anyone away but at the same time you don't want someone that's such a bad fit that they're going to make sales life a living hell they're going to make products life a living hell because they're going to want all these bespoke you know features and yeah. then customer service is going to hate you and we've done that you know i've never been in a company where we've not done that <laughs> where we've yeah, gone exactly. this is these are these guys are huge you know this is going to really be a game changer but by the way, they're going to want their own product team because they have a lot of requests, you know, and, and, and this yeah. is this happens a lot. And it's it's that fine line of looking at the fit. Um, and do you have the luxury of saying no? That's the other question. Are you the yeah. size that you can go, you know what, this isn't really going to be a good fit? Or are you like, hey, we're trying to get that B round funding. Um, this would really help us out a lot. You know, there, there's yeah. there's a lot of factors to take into account. And um and do you have the resources to meet their needs? And I think it's really important to be upfront and honest and loop in people internally. Hey, we've got this customer, but these are the requests they're going to have. Is this feasible? Yeah. If it's not feasible, what do we need to do to make it feasible? Do we add on an extra cost mm. to get some more developers or, or something like that? Um, when I was at Plan Day, we had a huge customer come in and they ended up getting their own product team. They ended up consulting yeah. with them regularly. They ended up getting their own customer service team. If you can put that into the invoice, great. It's all good, right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. That's the thing, right? Like uh, we had, uh, and 
especially in the early days of Templify, we had like, because we were dealing with enterprise customers from the get-go, right? So an enterprise customer, like if we teach some of the big names, not going to mention here, but some of the big names, they had a lot of requirements. And we, uh, like I, I could months in and months out, I could hear the like implementation team just going, oh God, I'm so tired of these guys. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, just uh, all over the place, right? And, and, and I, but, but that's what you do in a startup. And that's what you mm-hmm. do in a scale-up. Um, I think one thing I have personally learned is that the only thing you can let a big company do too much, like a big, uh, if there's some, uh, like uh, in this case, right, is you can't let it dictate your product strategy permanently. Like mm-hmm. it's okay that they sometimes, like especially in the beginning, that you're, and I'm not a product expert, so please take this uh, with a grain of salt, but, 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 but you can't let it dictate it too for a long period of time because then you're changing too much. But at the same time, you also have a client that's saying, like, hey, we're doing this. And then you have to sit down, okay, is it just for this one client or is it something we can roll out multiple times? Mm-hmm. And um, it's a bit of a side note, but I think that's a, that's a really big part of this, actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we're running a little bit out of time, but I wanted to give us a chance to talk a little bit about targeting them. Um, we yes. talked a little bit about ABM. Um, Dixa, we're lucky that we're in a position that we can implement ABM, but not everyone's in that position. You are the growth hacker uh, targeting ninja. So um, what are some of the ways that you would, using kind of what's available to a lot of smaller startups, how would yeah, you advise absolutely. targeting these ICPs? The, the thing, of course, it's a hard question to answer because there's so many different ways to do this. And it's so like based on so many different aspects. So like there's like, on a fundamental level, there's the normal channel, right? You have Facebook, you have LinkedIn, you have, uh, you can even do Google ads. I think if you want to like make it a little bit more sophisticated, then of course, like LinkedIn is a really good, it's it's my go-to platform for testing uh, if I can hit the right, if the ICP fits the value. Because it's the fastest way to find out if what value proposition I'm trying to position in front of the ICP and the buyer persona makes sense. If, some, if that's something that resonates with these uh, people, these companies. Then LinkedIn is by far, in my opinion, the fastest way to test. It. Uh, you can also test it with Facebook, and uh, you have to. I've used a, recently. I've used the Clearbit. Um, uh, it's called Clearbit advertising. Essentially, what they can do is they can replicate the targeting from LinkedIn and insert it into mm-hmm. Facebook, which kind of solves all the problems you have with Facebook. At least in my opinion. Yeah, we use a uh, lead enforce, which can do exactly, the same thing. You right? take LinkedIn like, targeting and apply it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great. Like it, it suddenly makes the channel workable. Right? Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so, so that's some some of the stuff you can do. Like um, I remember specifically, we did uh, this. This trick still works. I've, uh, I've talked about it a bunch of times on other things. But um, uh, one thing I I think I, I want to give myself credit for inventing it together with my boss Glenn back then. But uh, we did essentially what you could do was we, we we discovered that some of our ICPs, a lot of them were using Salesforce, and we had just made a Salesforce integration. So we said, okay, how do we uh, use that information that we know Salesforce is? The people who use Salesforce are really happy with integration and stuff. Uh, so, okay, then we looked up all the, in our ICP, we used a tool uh, back then, it's called, um, it's called Zoom Info today. So it's Zoom Info mm-hmm. and Discover or kind of merged together. Anyways, you can use a lot of different tools, doesn't really matter. But what you can do is you can use a technology lookup. So we looked up all the companies in the world in our ICP area, uh, in our ICP, that means like, company size was one of the primary things but and then we said okay if you're using salesforce then we took that and inserted it into linkedin and then we defined it even more based on our icp 
now we could suddenly make custom ads that talked about uh, the power of having Salesforce and Templify in one, and it was really good. It performed really well because we were getting closer to what I typically call intent, right? Like we were getting closer to these people. These, this was close to their everyday life, right? Like they used, they, we could suddenly use the fact that we knew they were using Salesforce for something proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's just an example of saying that's something you can do and you can do stuff like that. Um, you can also, another thing I've done is uh, um, taking Google Ads. There was a point in time, uh, custom intent, but uh, custom intent uh, where you mm-hmm. can essentially insert a website, you can still do this. Uh, and then you can say, okay, based on those websites, I want to target people who've been to those websites. It's not mm-hmm. a complete one-to-one retargeting, but uh, if you can then say, okay, I know my ICP likes to hang out on, actually help, help the company not be to see, but it sells swimming goggles. Uh, so help the company sell swimming goggles, or like very sophisticated, really cool swimming goggles. So we, we actually found all the triathlon uh, events uh, over the entire U.S. So all the triathlon events, because all of these triathlon events, they have people who use swimming goggles because you have to swim 10 kilometers. So you need really good goggles. So we found mm-hmm. all the sign-up pages for those events in that entire country, ah. and we used that as our custom audience. Nice. It's just to say, like, the, the pool of ideas is finite. Like, it's huge. Yeah. Like, you can do a lot of things. But, at, like, the closer you can get to the, what they want to achieve and how to do that is uh, the better it typically gets. We actually do something very similar to that tra- strategy with uh, competitors. So we'll go yeah. on G2 and we'll find our biggest competitors and we'll say anyone who's visited their website, retarget them with our the ads and, and anyone who clicked on book a demo on yeah. company XYZ, show them our ad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's yeah. good. It works. And I, I do the same. Um, also, like uh, speaking of which, like uh, there's all this, um, this is a, probably not your, uh, you just started a startup, it's probably not good tools, but like, let's say you're a little bit bigger, like scale up size, pixel size, uh, Maybe something you know, I think um, Working with intent data, right? So intent data was the, all the rage one or two years ago. Uh, it still is a little bit, but people also found out that it's, it's not a little bit hard to apply sometimes. <laughs> but but um, but I tested it with G two Crowd, and we can. So Templeify was a hard case to do it for, but uh, I so so let me use another case. I would use Falcon. It's a great example. Like the Falcon IO, the social media tool. Well, they, um, if somebody looks at the, so you have social media management, but if somebody looks at something different, maybe uh, like uh, it could be, I don't know, Facebook management or posting or something of these like uh, that had, uh, I think they have some different, different categories, then those are really interesting because that's exactly what you want to do in social media management. And Templify was more like uh, if you looked at something else, we had to tie it together with more clear. But my point is, you can take this data and uh, you can feed it from G2 Cloud you know, or other intent sources. And then you can mm-hmm. see, okay, if you've been looking at this category, then this is probably interesting to you. And then you, if you can combine that with your ICP, then you're actually getting to people who are actively looking for a solution while being your ICP. And we get back to the same point as we brought up before, super powerful, right? Like that's, that's when you really start to hit the goal. Yep. And even um, I'll just throw in even lower kind of tech uh, strategy that we've also had to use in the past is just calling out your ICP and your ad copy. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's cheap and dirty, but it works, you know, so we right. would say calling all customer service agents. Are you, a t- you know, are you tired of this? And at least hopefully you're thinking, 
this person, at least they have the right job title. They might be the right buyer persona. And then we have to look at the ICP, you know, so you can kind of reverse engineer it. Um, mm. That's kind of an easy, if you're a one person army in a very small company, maybe try that. And then, you know, anyone who's clicked on that ad for, probably has that job title. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, we did <laughs> we did something really funny at Simplify. It didn't work that well, but it was still really funny. <laughs> so we did we did these like uh, short video ads that was like text messages, and then we would set insert our ideal. So in this case, it was a uh, I think it was the sales manager, right, and mm -hmm. the brand manager, and the brand manager has to keep keep the sales manager in check with email signatures, and then the brand manager would be like, "Hey, uh, John." Is this like is this your email signature? And then would say, then he would send like an email signature with a big puppy in it, <laughs> and it would be like, uh, isn't it cool? I love my puppy. And like, uh, the brand manager's like face palm, be like, oh, yeah, God. yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And and it was just like it talks straight to the brand manager, mm -hmm. right? Who has to deal with this stuff on a daily basis. Um, there was oh there was a there was an ad on LinkedIn I saw I think it was a uh, yeah targeting similarly it was about uh, targeting marketing managers and it had a CEO coming down going what about branded frisbees <laughs> what about <laughs> yeah. you know, have you, I don't know if you saw that ad but it yeah, was I perfect that one, yeah. because it's it's something that yeah like a lot of marketers can relate to where pe everyone has an idea you know and they're like how about how about we do this how about we do this how yeah uh, so uh, yeah that's a great way of doing it and it's fun and yeah. I think it also shows that you get them you know you we get your pain points, we get what you're going through. Um, which One thing I want to add, so just, uh, I know we're running out of time, so just uh, my final point is just that um, um, I found that the hard part is actually not the targeting, like for me, like, of course, I'm really techie, and but, but but that's never been the hard part. The hard part has been, is the first part, like defining your ICP on Biopersona and redefining it, like uh, re refining it over and over again. Um, that's actually hard, like because that takes your real customer data. You need to talk to sales. You need to understand your process. You need to understand these things. Once you have that defined, and you can make like your go-to market strategy, then like, then for me, it's always been like, okay, so I know I'm targeting a, um, a financial uh, finance manager in a large company with 500 plus employees that's based out of Oregon. Okay, cool. I can. I know how to get that guy. Like, you, you know, know how to get person. them. I can get that. And that's a really good point. And I think also the thing to remember with B2B is our sales cycle is so long, you know, yeah. so it's, it, you could take you up to a year to look back and go, okay, these guys were good. These guys weren't good. You have to talk to CS. You have to talk to product. You have to talk to everyone to go, was this a good fit? Um, and yeah. I'm very lucky that in the, the startups I've worked at, we've had Deloitte help us with that in one company. You know, we have yeah. a lead okay. intelligence team in Dixa who is completely dedicated to looking at that. So, um, that's, I agree with you 100%. That's the hard part, um, especially for smaller mm. startups. The hard part is identifying those perfect customers and then reverse engineer it. Where do they come from? Why are they perfect? Who was part of the buyer journey? And that kind of leads us, I think, back to that attribution episode that we had where it's like all these yeah. different touch points. And yeah, you know, so it, it takes a lot of effort, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. In my opinion, to put the time in. It is. Yeah. So uh, the overall point of this episode, uh, do it. If you're not do doing it. ICP buyer persona, <laughs> do it. Because <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's technically a part of like, it's a strategy thing, right? Like it's, uh, mm -hmm. it, but it shapes the foundation for everything that you do. So, yeah, do absolutely. Cool. cool. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, yeah, thank you. This fantastic. Take care. Bye. Bye.